Welcome, friends. We are here for episode three of season four, and we have the wonderful Kat T. Mason joining us today. Welcome, Kat. Hi. Hi. <laughs> now, we are super excited to talk with you today about the Dark Love series. But before we get into that, we're going to do a bit of a bio for you. So, you're obsessed with the 80s. Um. I was. <laughs> Why I need to change? No, I, I mean I'm born in the '80s. Sorry for ruining that bubble that everyone thought that I was younger. Um, no, I was born in the '80s. I love the '80s. I know you guys won't see this on the podcast, but actually behind me is a lot of '80s stuff. Um, I've got a lot of yeah '80s collectible things. So yes, I am obsessed because it was a great era to grow up in, and it was so much fun. Absolutely. And I can say that Kat's background looks very aesthetically pleasing. So what you should do is go (laughs) and check out her TikToks because it will feature in the back of a lot of her TikToks. So go check them out. So then you'll be able to see what we're looking at. You know Um, what I loved about the 80s? And so I get so excited (laughs) when people have an 80s theme party is I love crimping my hair. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) The test part. Yeah, and the fluoro. Like, who doesn't like neon crimped hair? Like, it's so much fun. It's just (laughs) fun. And the music is so fun. Like, Mm -hmm. there is no dance move. You can just do whatever. And that's 100% of it. So, anyway, that was, yeah. And yep. fun fact, I um, did ask my husband to buy me a hair crimper um, and it was probably when I was in my 20s. So, Oh, my God, like... I remember this. <laughs> Let's just say it was only like 10 years ago. So they weren't really in fashion. <laughs> and <laughs> You're such a liar. <laughs> anyway, so it was maybe about 15 years ago. <laughs> it's like 10 plus 5. <laughs> um anyway they weren't in fashion and um my husband went to get it and um obviously like straighteners were really in you know going off and the lady was like um I think she thought he was just like a bit clueless and she's like no I don't think she'd be asking for a crimper I'm pretty sure she'd want a straightener meanwhile I'm like it's the crimper uh so (laughs) anyway (laughs) the lady probably thought Oh my God, somebody is living out their 80s dreams. Um, okay, so after after the 80s, we get into the 90s, which is that you are a 90210 fanatic. Um, yes, yes, yes. Brandon all the way. I yes. Can see that. So obviously there might be a lot of people listening to you who don't even know what 90210 is. Um, oh. and yeah, so I like I grew up, that was in my teens. Yes. Knowing my age. So I grew up like probably I would have been in like just starting high school, I think, or just going into high school maybe when 9020 came out. So, you know, imagine that, you know, you're like 13 and you're watching these 16 year olds. It was like the best thing ever. Like, I want a license. I want to drive a red convertible. That's a BMW. Anyway, it was, <laughs> it was so fantastic. Like, I absolutely like love, love, loved, yeah, 9020. I feel like goals when you're in high school too. You're like, (sighs) and also there was the um, recreation of it. So people probably do know what it is because there was the new version that that. came out. Yeah. Yeah. 
got intense as the seasons continued <laughs> and they grew into their 20s and it got really like full on to the point that you like okay I loved it when it was on and obviously I was growing with it but then now when I look back on it I'm like I mean there really is no way that people will like almost get like attacked or kidnapped <laughs> and shot and this and all that in the space of years and then I don't know they're kind of happy afterwards like you know what I mean like Yes, Kelly Taylor. Um, she was just getting like she was just getting shot and then going <laughs> in a fire and then like she called off her gate and there was just so much and mm. I was like, now it's a bit. It was a bit soap opera type kind of like, but I think when it first began, it was high school drama that like everyone loved. It was like, but just a little bit more intense than what we were used to back at the time. Because mm. back in the day, it was like Saved by the Bell. Yes, it was like kind of fun high school but this was like oh they're having sex like, <laughs> yeah yeah risque risque yeah, like, like brenda's losing her virginia at the prom like you yeah. know like so full on and we like i loved it it was just like the best thing ever yeah yeah <laughs> well i was obsessed with one tree hill and i mean it it was also high school drama until like you know the father who was the father of two different boys also killed their uncle and then blamed it on yeah, another so kid dramatic i know so it was a lot I just feel like they don't make high school dramas like they used to, like Dawson's Creek and yeah, like 90210. They just don't do it anymore. Like they just, (laughs) I have to get my fix through reading now. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) And that's fine. Bully romance. And we can do that. That's, you know, yeah. we can use our own imaginations there and then we can fill it in with our visuals from those yeah, old shows. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's there's my dark love series. That's why that's <laughs> that is 9-0-2-0 at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, but obviously then it says you begin to adult and you now have four boys. Yeah. So I feel like you've got your own little drama series just going on right there. I mean, so I've got a 17 year old and he's almost 18. And (laughs) so the other day I am doing a TikTok and his room's upstairs. I was doing TikTok upstairs and I walked past his room and he just came back from a party the night before. So he's on the phone, right? And it's just like chat, 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 chat. But I'm overhearing and my other son walks out of the room, my 15 year old, and I literally push him out of the way, like be quiet. (laughs) Hello. My son doesn't listen to this podcast. Anyway. He came downstairs. I'm like, dude, like I overheard you. What was the drama? Like, you know, and he was like, okay. So the the gist of the drama was he one guy says to him, um, I'm never gonna break up with my girlfriend unless she cheats on me. And then apparently there was another girl in this, and she's like saying to him, like, if you're not happy, just break up. Like, I break up with my girlfriend all the time. And so my son's in the middle of all these friends and he's like, and then she said this. And then the girlfriend's like the girlfriend's there and she's all like, I knew she was a snake. I knew she was telling him to like break up with me. And, um, and I'm like, so I heard the whole thing. And then he told me love the whole this. story and I'm like, me literally like, let me write this down. <laughs> uh, would we be able to draw a diagram here? So there's A over here, B there. <laughs> you should just invite the friend group over and... <laughs> so much drama and yeah. I and you know like and I, I tell him just don't get involved <laughs> meanwhile he's the mediator in the middle it's like all right so yeah I can hear what you're saying there <laughs> yeah 
and I'm just like there's so much drama but then when it's like kind of a little bit twisty that wasn't twisty I'm like that's a really good story and then like I kind of walk away and he's like oh crap like you know he doesn't know obviously sorry I'd say they know the the gist of I write romance mm-hmm. we don't talk about what I write <laughs> Um, they follow me on Instagram, uh, which is why you probably will see on Instagram. I'm pretty tame on Instagram for that very reason. And occasionally I'll slip up, um, as I did this week and, you know, work to my advantage because the reel went off. Um, and hopefully I didn't watch the reel. <laughs> um, yeah. So we don't really talk about it though. They know, like, obviously that I write romance and then it's, that's it. That's the end of that story. And now they know that you will gain inspiration from their friend group for the next novel. A hundred percent. It's funny because my 11-year-old, who doesn't really know what, he knows romance is boy and girls, right? Yeah. He doesn't know the depth of it. So my kids also know they don't look at my TikTok. Yeah. (laughs) And But my 11-year-old, he's good. He doesn't look at my TikToks. But he helps me, like, he's like, oh, like this week, I'm like, do you know how hard it is to learn the Lizzo song? <laughs> yes, but just the the lip syncing. And so he comes to me last night and he goes, mom, since you mentioned it, I've actually been practicing to help <laughs> And I'm like, thanks. I love that. <laughs> I put with the Lizzo song because that's a different story altogether. Yeah. But, <laughs> but yeah, they're, yeah they're, separate they're those two. Yeah, they're kind of good that way. I use them for those reasons. <laughs> That's awesome. I love that. <laughs> yeah, and um, it is funny. Like uh, my daughter's almost twelve, and she told me the other day that she told her teacher that um, my mom has a, a podcast that she talks about books, and she gets to talk to authors. And I was like, "Did you tell them what it was called?" <laughs> <laughs> don't do that because <laughs> no I didn't and I'm like oh, okay that's good that's good then let's <laughs> keep <like>, it <laughs> um but yes if managing the four boys and also writing wasn't enough you've also gone and founded the book books by the bridge author events which was actually our first ever book event that we attended this year in Sydney so we'd never been to one before so we were pretty excited um and it was at Luna Park and beautiful um view and everything there we had a great time so what what's involved in that and and how and how far does that go like where whereabouts you hold them and whatnot so started that in 2017 when there was really limited options for authors um and you know you kind of had to have to be a big name to get into a signing. So at the time, I didn't like that um, because as someone who no one knew, I'm like, well, I'll never get into a signing, right? So um, I decided that I wanted to do signings. I kind of had event um, planning um, in my, like full time at the time I was working as a HR manager. So hosting these big type of like corporate events type thing, that kind of was the norm to me. Yeah. Um, so I wanted an iconic location because the vision that I saw was worldwide. That's what I had seen at the time. So it had to be iconic and Luna Park was, it was beautiful. And, it is gorgeous um, there. And it, as much as it's inconvenient for <laughs> location-wise in terms of, you know, bringing your suitcases of books from the <laughs> park and all that, 
um, the view always outweighs um, all those, you know, little things that you, you know, stress about. Um, and so I did that, I think, for maybe two years. And then we ventured out and did uh, New York, which was That's awesome. fabulous. Um, and San Francisco did a small one in L.A., uh, done small ones like Barossa Valley, Yarra Valley um, here in Australia, and then uh, SeaWorld, and then back around to Sydney for the very last one, which was this year. Um, awesome. Yeah. My God. It's I mean, quite the trip. I feel we need to do some international book events back. Uh, <laughs> I, mean, I did see the Brooklyn. It's in Brooklyn. Was it in Brooklyn or was it with oh, it was literally like in um, it was on like 7th Avenue, like yeah. opposite Madison Square Garden. So again, if I was going to do New York, I wanted it to be iconic. It had yeah. to be a spot. So we were supposed to have a second one. It got cancelled because of the pandemic. Um, it was literally supposed to be 2020, I think. Um, so the pandemic, unfortunately, has really changed the scope of signings. Yeah, mm, definitely. Uh, but future plans is... To continue just not in Australia um, I have my eyes set on overseas again so there's definitely a demand for it I love bringing Aussies to the US signings because mm. I've got a number of um, author friends obviously in the US so it's great to have them sign it's great to bring the Aussies in yeah absolutely American um, readers absolutely love Aussies like they, they do yeah so it's really good and you know as well for authors that are in Australia I love giving that opportunity because there is nothing better than signing overseas and um it just makes you feel really you know special in the inside <laughs> yeah i think um, absolutely that was one of the things as as well that we loved about about your event in particular was there were authors that we hadn't had never been exposed to um and you know we've since we you know we got their books at your event and we've since read them and they're amazing like so i think um you know to your point like yeah, I could imagine going trying to get into, you know, events where, you know, no one knows if it's invite only and all of this would be quite difficult. So, um, yeah, no, like we loved it. We thought it was fantastic. And we spoke to, I think, pretty much everyone <laughs> there yeah. as well and got so many books. <laughs> we were not prepared. We weren't prepared. prepared. <laughs> and so on that, on that basis, what we would say is if you've never been to a book signing event before, like, Go and check out Books by the Bridge author events. You can see them on Facebook and you can see the different um, things that have passed before. But what the good thing about it is, yeah, going in there and seeing authors that you haven't seen before, like some of the bigger events, you know, they do host, as you say, they host people that you are well aware of, big names and whatnot. But it's nice to find those authors and come across. I know that we personally love to do that, come across new authors, and then you've got a whole new scope mm. of things to read. Um, but definitely you need to be prepared because even if you go there with the thought that you're only going to be buying like a couple of books, you're probably not so make sure <laughs> make sure you come with the extra cash and make sure you come with something to be able to carry them all because we came back with so many bags um and we were trying to like balance them all and then get in the cab uh so yeah look when you see people show up with the suitcases i mean it's it's a smart it's a smart plan we were not prepared it's such an addictive experience Correct. I know as a read like as a reader going in I'm the same though even the first event that I went to I think I only knew one author 
um, as a reader. And I, but I went nuts and I kind of go in the event. I'm the, I'm the worst. I'm the same at markets, by the way. It's a great story for someone because their table's quiet. Even mm-hmm. if they're selling soaps, I'm like, I better buy a soap because they look quiet. <laughs> I must admit we were going along and we were like oh um we that's how we met Sarah um Mm. Sarah Jane Duncan she was so beautiful she's so beautiful and we walked past and there was nobody at her table when we walked past and she looked so lovely we're like oh we need to go see her and then like we got her um some of her books and and beautiful and my team who is my husband and again look they're not gonna listen to this podcast my (laughs) husband and all our friends all our male friends they had a crush on her like she because they're like wow she's beautiful oh she is gorgeous like relax (laughs) she she really is and she's absolutely really nice and that's the first time i'd met her so um, that again, like on the on the flip side of it being um, a host, you know, it's so good to actually like meet these authors that I see, I speak to, um, you know, from an event host perspective over the years, there were authors who came in and it was their very first signing. No one knew them. Yeah. And then, you know, five years down the track, these are big authors now. Yeah, exactly. You know, and that's the thing. And then and then I've seen the flip side where I've seen authors who are really, really big authors back then. They were huge. And I don't know where they are now. Like they've literally like fallen off the face of this earth. But either way, I love that it gives opportunity to everyone. And probably the best feeling out of it is the readers meet a lot of friends that you mm. Yes. Like a big book party, especially 100%. After it's just a big book party, and you just, it's just great. It's like really fun. Absolutely. And we did see people sitting around reading books, which was awesome as well. So it's just the place. It's just the place where you can go with other people who have the same interests as you, and you've got the opportunity to meet new, new book friends, new authors. um, And yeah. It's really good. So go and check it out if you haven't been to one because it's definitely worthwhile going. Right. Let's get into the Dark Love series. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> now, there are six books in this series and they're kind of um, separated into two. So they're kind of like, it's like three duets yeah. um, that you go along. So the first two books are Charlotte and Alex or Charlie and Lex. Yeah. Um, now, I thought we'd go over book one and then we can kind of go through the tropes from the other book. But book one is Chasing Love and it is a best friend's brother, brother's romance. Yes. So we do have Charlie, who is the main female character, and Alex, who's the main male character. Um, but there's lots of other really important characters in it as well. But basically, Charlie... Charlie's best friend, Adriana, she has a hot older brother, Alex, who is studying to be a doctor and following his father's footsteps. And he's been out of town for a while at college and whatnot. And he comes back and, um, you know, moves back home and Charlie falls for him. But he is married. So it's a big, it's a big thing, Um and anyway, they start to flirt and whatnot and they have all of these moments. Um, but one of the biggest moments is as their relationship progresses, she decides that she's going to go on to um, some a contraceptive because she decides that she's ready to 
sex with him. Uh, so she goes to this clinic out of town thinking that, you know, she's going to be all, you know, covert. Uh, and the doctor says, can my intern come in? So she says, yeah, yeah, he can come in. And then um, in walks Alex. So worst case scenario here, uh, he walks in, he normally works at the hospital. So she's not expecting him to be there at all, especially since he's out of town and whatnot. And he's all like smug, cocky grins, like, oh, okay, she's ready to have sex with me. She's dying on the inside as she gets asked about all of her sexual history and whatnot um, and then is left with him at the end. And he's like, so are you ready to have sex? I mean, most awkward way to find out, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> I just love that. I have that highlighted. I'm like, oh, my God. As soon as he said, can my intern come in? I'm like, it's going to be Alex for sure. So, yes, they do have an affair. So Alex's relationship with Samantha, his wife, is already strained at this point. She has different ideas as to what she wants their marriage to be. She's pretty obsessed with um, money and, you know, what they have and whatnot, and she's kind of obsessed with the fact that he's going to be a doctor and he's got this name and whatnot, whereas he just kind of wants to live life and um, she just wants to move on, have kids, get a bigger house, all this kind of stuff. So they're already strained in that regard. They're not sleeping together. Um, but yeah, so this goes on for a while (laughs) and it gets to the point where Charlie believes that they are kind of going to be together, that Alex is going to leave Samantha and they're going to be together. And that's what she thinks is going to happen until one day he just up and leaves, doesn't, doesn't say anything to us so at this point we're jumping back and forth as well between the past and the and Mm. the current times so we're kind of you kind of learn this bits and pieces as you go along as to exactly what happened on that night but essentially um he leaves because samantha is pregnant and she not only loses him but essentially his family who she was very close with and her best friend adriana who were basically just like we don't want anything to do with you. You are like a home wrecker, basically. So she goes off to live with her nan and her nan then dies. Like, talk about have a hard time. <laughs> I love that uh, she's like, you love She's just like, yeah, she was having the worst time. <laughs> um, and, yeah, we don't know. In book one, we don't know the whole scope of it, but essentially um, she ends up at like a mental institution. So you kind of, you find that out and you, you find up like that she's horrified about what happened there, but we don't really know the whole scope of it. Um, and so, yeah, seven years go past and there's literally no contact between them. Um, she moves on and, I mean, she does pretty well for herself. She goes to New York, opens a law firm with her best friend that she met in college um, and she's really successful and Lex basically just turns into a robot. He's just going around. He has sex just for the sake of it, like just to fulfill that need. He becomes a billionaire. Um, and he's kind of cut off. Like he doesn't have a very strong relationship with his family at that point at all until, you know, they cross paths in, in New York. Um, and 
Yeah. And then we're like, okay, what's going to happen here? (laughs) I did like that meeting. Um, Charlie at this point is like, I need to move on because she's still kind of harboring a lot of feelings and hurt over what happened with Lex. So she uh, finds a guy who is super lovely to her, Julian. And, you know, he, he proposes to her after three months. And some would say it was a little quick. Some would say that. So um, like, he was just feeling it. He loved, just loves to love probably. I think that, um, you know, one of the things that depends who, depends who's reading this. Okay. And depends what age you're at. <laughs> so I will say that a lot of the negative feedback coming from people perhaps in their early 20s who read this um, will be the fact that, oh, but he was married, but oh, like, you know, like it was just like a lot of like that. You know, um, as someone who there are certain elements to this book that I've personally experienced, one of the things was that I kind of wanted, um, I, there's, a, there's an old movie it's called uh, Sliding Doors. I don't know if you know it. Yes. It's anyway, it's just like yeah. what your life kind of went like this, yeah? Yeah. That was the whole thing that, you know, in the past he had somebody and he wasn't happy with that person. But also the, um, the thing with him and that relationship was so many, not everybody, so many people settle for marriage at a young age because it's just easy. And... Hands up. Um, I was, I, I was, I, I, I was married when I was younger um, to a high school sweetheart that I'm no longer with just to put it out there. So my baby daddy is my daddy, the daddy, if you want to call it that, of all four boys. We've been together 20 years forever. I don't know. Um, but it was that whole, you just settle for whatever's easy. There is no hardcore love. And if there is, and it carries on through the, you know, through the years, that's absolutely great. But the reality is, especially early 20s, late teens, you're still finding yourself. Mm. And that was his character, right? He settled to just shut everybody up. Really, that's what he kind of did. It was just easy. He just wanted to be a doctor. And then reverse to now where she's settling, not because he's not a great guy, he's a great guy, because maybe I just need to settle to move on. Yes, right? absolutely. The whole thing. So now it's his turn to watch her with someone. It was her turn to watch him with someone. Um, and these kind of worlds are colliding. And so um, I love the fact Lexi's of all my characters that I've ever written, he is the top OG. Um, I love him. He's so cold, but he's so beautiful. And he's so cold because he'll never, ever get over or forgive himself for what he did. And that was leaving her. Absolutely. And then, you know, obviously um, without spoiling it so much, him not knowing really how he left her behind. This is life. Sometimes you just make these bad decisions and you actually don't know the repercussions because you kind of walked away, right? And that, that whole thing was when I wrote that, it was never my intention to write this character that went through so much, like the grandmother dying and everything. <laughs> But I wanted something that when he stepped back in, she's not just going to say, yeah, I want you back. And yeah, absolutely. The reality is a lot of people would just be like, okay, let's give it a go. Right. I needed to make her past so traumatic that this forgiveness, it's just not there. 
you know, and obviously, again, not to spoil it too much, when they start having a thing now, eight years later, she's very, she's got a wall. She's like, okay, I'll kind of, I'll have you for the sex. So that was always really, really great. But that's it. We stopped there. Yeah. Right. And he's trying to kind of worm his way back in. Um, and so I, I love, I loved that because it was tr- like, she really needed to forgive him he had no idea what he did wrong you kind of feel for him because he has no idea like he can't seem to get it he doesn't realize he is not expecting the amount of anger that she has for him when he comes back so he kind of never expected to see her again and you do find out that after he left it wasn't it ended up not being his baby she was having an affair with somebody else he um he did go back to try and find her um but her parents or told him that she was living overseas he even went there to try and find her that's not where she was at all and he was basically told you know you're not good for her like stay out of her life and he listened and he thought at that point he was doing right by her but he didn't realize how much he how thoroughly he'd broken her at that point um either so yeah he he does try and worm his way back in and he has a few um barriers so obviously Julian is one of them um (laughs) and uh but also Nikki who is her best friend slash business partner um and Mm -hmm. but then on on Lex's side we do have Adriana because she's back in the picture they've kind of rekindled their friendship um and her um assistant slash BFF Eric, he's very much on Lex's side Um, and he helps set up a few little rendezvous as as well. Um, So, yeah, there's lots of funny moments throughout it, but the ball has completely gone in the opposite direction now. She's the one that has the partner, as you say, Um, and they're fighting an uphill battle to try and get past the barriers and all of the hurt that's being caused. you know, shoot forward to their trip to the Hamptons uh, where he just decides, look, it's all or nothing. Yeah. Like this is happening. Um, Let's just get married. (laughs) Like now. So (laughs) we can't risk going through all of this again. (laughs) He's just like, look, once she's, once that happens, that's just, yeah. Yeah. That's done. Um. But yeah, once again, it's not it's not to be for them. Is no, it? and I think that I mean I could have made it like that, but that's too that was too easy, and it's not it's not realistic for what Charlie had gone through of of all the trauma she'd gone through. It really it wasn't realistic to just be like, okay, let's try. She actually hadn't at that point really gone into detail of why she was the way she was. And holding on to Julian, it was, it's a, again, it's a comfort thing. As to be honest, a lot of people do. A lot of people who are, you know, find themselves in those scenarios where it is a love triangle. Yet there's always mm. one person that will always be like that's the person that stands out. But that one on the other end, it is a comfort thing, and that's yeah. a reality. And I think that um, this series, even if you haven't gone through a lot of the things in here, it does resonate with a lot of people because they're like. I totally get that. Like, I totally get why you seek comfort in things that are not necessarily right, yeah. um, you know, and in that case of having that moment where you're like, okay, yeah, we'll get married. And then obviously what happens after that, um, 
it does, when you've experienced trauma in your life, the smallest of triggers is enough to send you back there. And it could be absolutely. And so whilst that ending was a cliffhanger, it was a small trigger. Yeah, it wasn't. Yeah, exactly right. Shit, I don't actually trust you. What the hell have I done? And I'm going to run again. Exactly. Um, And I think that's, it's a given because at that point they hadn't worked through things. No. They were still jumping in and they hadn't really worked through the past. And, you know, you can't work through the past if you don't know what the past was. <laughs> and Ravel's obviously in book two. Yeah, absolutely. And that is that is the thing. It is a trigger for her. She just, she just jumps on it. Like it could have been anything at that point, I think, because she just really was like, I think had woken up, was confronted with what had happened and was just like, hang on a second, this is a lot. And then Mm. that small moment triggered her to go, "Mm -mm, no, this is, no, I can't do this. So, yeah, we do go on to book two, their second book, um, which is called Chasing Us. And it is a second chance love triangle. Um, So, yeah. Uh, a lot happens in this book and we won't go into too much detail, um, but essentially, yeah, it's all about them fighting to be together and going through things that can happen in everyday life and tragedies and, you know, traumas um, that they're now experiencing together as well. Um, so, yeah, it's, <clears throat> it's, it's a tough road, but as you say, it's, it's life. It's intense. Um, book two was never supposed to pan out the way it panned out. And book three was never supposed to be there and neither was book four, right? But as book two started coming alive, um, I'm going to insert a spoiler alert here. <laughs> so yeah. pause if you don't want to listen to this, is um, I wanted a reason that once they were together and they were happy and had a child, that would really put them to the test. And when you look at relationships, um, you know, moving in together is meh, like, you know, having a kid, yeah. Um, and definitely no cheating because it wasn't like, oh, someone else is coming into it and that's going to like mm. cause it. This, the grief, the grief was, I think, something that, that's why I put it in there because I was like, people react so differently. And to be honest, before I had watched people experience grief. I assume when someone dies, everybody hugs each other and you hold each other tight because you don't want to lose them, right? But the reality is, is that people don't always react that way. They're like, I'm going to push you away because I'm scared to get close to you because if I lose you, I'm dead. Like, exactly, Um, exactly. Hence the end, the hence why that book and the ending of that book was so volatile because you're like, how, how can we be here? But you realize that, you know, when people have these really, really strong feelings, like there is, and especially in that case where they had to watch someone die slowly mm. and watch a, uh, I will say that the, uh, just fast forward a little bit to book four, Adriana's story, um, oh, that book was hard to write because, you know, you're imagine being like a mother and, and raising a baby, but you lost your husband like a couple of days ago. Like it's just, that's insanity. Um, but yeah, so it was never meant to pan out that way. I, there's a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of people who contact me about book two. Cause I can like, imagine. Oh, and they show me photos and like, it's full like 
it must be like a three o'clock in the morning photo yeah was in bed like with a kindle and it's like the tears are like here and it's like red and, <laughs> and i'm like i'm so sorry they're like it just reminds me of a time that like i once knew like you know a cousin of a cousin of a cousin of cousin who also had cancer and you're like i'm so sorry like you know what i mean <laughs> just like yeah but it's um that book's really intense for a lot it's intense for me but it's intense for a lot of people absolutely it does because it it, it it is real life um scenarios and and a lot of people have been affected uh by somebody who has cancer in 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 lots of different ways so yes uh it was devastating uh that book that part in particular because you do come to love that character uh but anyway we'll leave it at that um they do they do fight their way to each other uh, and then we go on to books three and four. So chasing her and chasing him. So chasing her is a stalker romance, chasing him a forbidden second chance romance. And it is about Julian and Adriana. So good old Julian, you know, he was pushed to the wayside. He really had no, no hope when Lex came back into the picture with Charlie, which was unfortunate because he was lovely. Um, and he had his own traumas. <laughs> he was lovely. <laughs> He had his own traumas, um, and let's just say, lovely guy. <laughs> at the end of the day, he did he did lose it a little bit and become a stalker. But you know, like that was just him dealing with lots of things that were going on, and it wasn't him underlying him as a person. And then, obviously, Adriana, who has a lot of <laughs> a lot of trauma, um, especially coming off the back of book two, so. Yeah, life's not easy for them either because, you know, both of them are fighting an uphill battle. And at the end of book three, it's left very open as well because they kind of do go their separate ways. And, um, you know, they're just trying to, I guess, get through life the best way they know um, and then move on to to book four for their for their second chance. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, uh, I guess not only do they have, real, like, you've got to look at the the traumas but also at the fact that it's really hard when you're in a relationship and that person has family and you're not really, you don't really get along with their family as well. I think that it really, I mean, it wouldn't have been realistic to not have Julian with a very, once again, a very traumatic background. Yes. He lost somebody very young. He watched someone die in front of him. And he has spiraled out of control, but you, you saw him very in control. And so for him to have these traumas and these triggers, he's never really, really worked on until no. his life was out of control. And then for Adriana, it just wouldn't have been believable if I just shoved him and her together. No, um, she wasn't I, ready. A lot of people, I guess, they, they stumble and stall on book three because they're like, I don't know where this is going. And I'm like, but if I didn't do that and I threw them into a romance together, it really would have just been writing just for the sake of writing. And I wanted you to really truly feel how hard it is for them to be together mm. with all these roadblocks of being Lex and Charlie and exes and all this. Mm -hmm. um, but they also know that what they have is what they have. You know, it's hard to find love after you've lost. And yeah. in Yana's case, I mean, that, that book was really hard to write because I can only imagine I've never been in this position. I can only imagine that if you've lost a partner and a husband that for you to be intimate with somebody else the first time after you've lost that husband, whether it's one year, two years, 10 years, is not easy. And so mm -hmm. that was really hard if you've read that book to write 
these intimate scenes where she constantly had to stall because she was like, I can't, like right in the middle of it, like I can't do this. Yeah. You know? And to have this partner who's like, okay, like, yeah. <laughs> um, it was hard, but I'm glad that, you know, when she finally came into herself and was able to do that, then she had the battle of her brother. You know, mm -hmm. um, so it was a very, very difficult story to tell. But, you know, I love those two because they're very different. Yeah. They're two very different people. And I love bringing two different, very, two different people in relationships. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, it was good. It was great, that one. Um, and the last two books in the series, we've got Chasing Fate and Chasing Heartbreak. Um, now, we've got Noah who is Charlie's cousin um, and his relationship with Morgan. But then we also have Kate, who is, who is Lex's assistant. That's where we met her at the start of the series. And she was so cute. I just loved her at, in, in book one and how she met Charlie and they were running like together in New York and then how um, they were both talking about Lex, but they didn't realize. And she was like, my boss is like, I don't know what's going on, but like some chick has him wrapped around and she sounds like a bitch. And then she's talking to the said bitch. And she was like, yeah, well, my love life is crazy. Uh, and I just love that they had no concept for the fact that they're talking about the same situation. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so um Kate and Noah do become really good friends, but, you know, it's, and I could see where people might be a bit like, where is this book going as well? Because at the end of the book, he goes off and gets married and moves away and she's just like, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> um, until we go on to the final book and he returns three years later, getting divorced, um, you know, they've got a lot of roadblocks babies and whatnot uh going along <laughs> um and you know he comes back into the picture so again another story where you know they have a lot of obstacles and and whatnot to get their happily ever after yeah all these couples have really had to work <laughs> work for their they're That's happy ever after. I like it. Angsty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 100%. And I love it too. <laughs> I mean, we, we can definitely say that there, you know, there's, there is a lot of angst and we do love it. Um, but, you know, also like some of the things might not be as believable, like as real life, but there are a lot of real life factions that, that could happen to anybody. And, you know, it's not life that you just find somebody and go, yay, we're together and we're happy and we're in love. Wait, you know what's not believable? Your ex turning into a billionaire? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. If anyone says yes, well, mine did. I'm like, okay. okay. I, would love, I would love to hear those stories. Okay, please hit us up on social media. If your ex became a billionaire and then showed back up into your life in a desperate fight to get you... <laughs> Oh my God. Um, you know, um, book five and six were hard because book five was actually written as a standalone book years and years ago. Yeah. Um, so that wasn't even in the series. It was a spin-off. Okay. And on that spin-off, I wrote spin-off novellas. Yep. Right? So when I was rebranding and rewriting all this, I decided I was going to bring that in, but I couldn't ignore the fact that one of the spin-off novellas was Noah, where um, they obviously had a rocky marriage and 
as they were working, they were separated, but then as they were trying to get back together, he had knocked up somebody, right? Yeah. Um, and it again, it wasn't, he was, it was, he was miserable. His wife serves him divorce papers. And the first thing he does is run to someone's bed and, you know, he knocks her up. It's really unfortunate, right? It's mm. quite unfortunate. It is. Um, but <laughs> having to weave that story into this and then bring Kate into it, it that's why I guess chasing fate kind of stumbles a little bit because you're like at the end, you're like, ah, oh, what happened? Like where? It's yeah. when I brought in book six, it really had to be a case of, he fucked up. He he didn't fuck it up because it was always meant to be that way, right? You can't mm. say he fucked up his life because you know he did have beautiful children. Yeah. Um. He he really did um mess with his life, you know. And his wife at the time had a lot to do with it. There was a lot of things that weren't right. Mm-hmm. Kate was his savior because Kate was kind of just trying to prove to him, you are a good dad. You are a good person despite all the circumstances. And they'd always had that bond. Um, yes. And I always wanted to do a, a story where um, someone had a child, mm. a parent type thing. I've always wanted to do one. So that was kind of the perfect story to do one. Yes. Uh, I never would have done like some Charlie in that situation. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's, that's how that came about. And then obviously... You know, from there, I didn't really want, want to kind of expand into all the other side characters because they weren't, they kind of already had their stories, if that made sense. Yeah. Hence why we move on to the Forbidden Love series, which is all their children grown up. And that's a, yes. that's a whole other angsty fest. <laughs> <laughs> so if you haven't read this series yet, go and read it. Um, obviously, there are a few spoilers in there, but not too many. There's a lot more to all of those stories and a lot it's a lot more in depth than what we've described so go go pick it up but let's jump into some questions for mm. you Kat mm-hmm. <laughs> do you um do you have a favorite uh couple or book from the series that you enjoyed writing the most always Lex and Charlie um yeah. I would say book from the series it probably is it's either chasing love um or moving on to the other series that follows it, Forbidden Love series is the first book. Again, Charlie and Lex are heavily in that one as well. Yeah. Um, So it'd be those two. But in saying that, I really love Adriana's story. That comes a close, close second. There's something about her one Mm -hmm. that I I read it often, her one. I get, and yes, I wrote it. I forget what I write. I literally get all the feels and I feel Mm -hmm. Every time I read that book, and I love it. <laughs> like, I love it. <laughs> I wrote it when I read it. So I love it. What are you working on at the moment? Well, it's kind of a secret. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. So let's see who listens and blurts this out on social media. Um, so ever since, I guess, in the last year, this series has a new life. Thank you very much, TikTok. Um, <laughs> And the demand for these characters is just every single day. They want more. Um, I'm, I'm, the Forbidden Love series has finished. And then there's a third series coming out, which is Lex and Charlie's fourth daughter. And then it goes on with a lot of the uh, nieces and nephews, which you would have met them somewhere here or there. However, um, obviously this series was in what well, Chasing Love and Chasing Us was in two books, but there was a lot that was missed out because it, they were big books and you can't give everything, everything. So what I'm working on now is like kind of like a memoir. Okay. And it's basically 
each character of all the books and they get their own little mini book. Oh, that's awesome. Cool. I love that. I love that concept. It does begin with Lex. I started- oh, my God. I can't even imagine what his memoir is going to be like. Yeah, I started writing it yesterday. Um, it is like a, it starts with a now moment and there is some sort of tragedy that happens now and it kind of makes him just relive the past of, but in the, in the opposite way of kind of being grateful for kind of where he is, but he's kind of had to go back to kind of just think about life. Yes. And so we actually go back to chasing love because a lot of those flashbacks were either Lex or Charlie, but they were bits and pieces, obviously, of the past. And they were the key parts. Yep. We go back to the past of when Lex first met Charlie, how it led up to that, the night after he walked away from her, like all those things that you didn't see in that book. Yep. Um, so it's a kind of a retelling of his side and a lot of new stuff you kind of didn't know that, yeah. So, and then it goes on with Charlie and... And the, probably the two that I think or the people are most excited about is uh, Nikki and Rocky because a lot of people have asked for a story on them. I do love them. <laughs> and Eric. So. Oh, my God. I want Eric's story so bad. <laughs> I can't even. Yeah, I can't I, even I say. Like his book is more than a novella, but anyway. Uh, oh, he needs his whole own whole series. Oh, like yeah. the, I can only imagine the things he would get up to. Just love it. Yeah, so I kind of got the vision in the shower, which is always what happens with me. <laughs> I did my best thinking in the shower. I get that. <laughs> it's ridiculous. I, we were over at the US, obviously, about a month ago, and I was actually thinking about my TikTok shelf. And I was thinking about how pretty, back in the day, Encyclopedia Britannica's used to look on the shelf, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> All in a row. And then I was thinking about, uh, I don't know if anyone's familiar with Willow Winters. Um, yeah, yes. Um, and and she's got all these little hardbacks, but they're colour-coded, I think, based on Steam. Yes, yep. Yeah, thinking, her discrete you know, series. Yeah. I was thinking, like, oh, like, min- little mini encyclopedia-looking kind of dark love series would look really good, but then what would I write about? And then I'm like, what if I wrote, like, di- like diaries type thing? And oh, my God. Put on the shelf behind you in black with gold foil, and that's how it all started. Um, and here I am. <laughs> Oh my god, I love this. Firstly, we love exclusives, so we're totally here for it. And no one knows this, so this is like exclusive exclusive. I freaking love it. I freaking love that. Oh my god. I can't wait because I love that concept. That's a great idea. Because yeah, mm-hmm. as you say, like you read a book and it's hard to fit, you can't fit every single thing in. And especially yeah. what happened with them, especially with Lex and Charlie as well, it like spanned over like a, such a long period of time. There was a great big gap in between where they didn't see each other. So yeah. All right. Very interesting. Well, <laughs> well, I'm very excited to find that out. <laughs> Do you have any writing rituals? Um, not really, aside from I have to have a deadline. I'm one of those sick and twisted people that um, when there's a deadline literally like looming, I go into panic mode, I don't sleep, don't eat, I feel sick, um, I, I get sick, um, and then I have to write nonstop because it's like the pressure. And then I live and breathe the world so very much that like I can't stop because I live and breathe it. Like, oh my God, like he said this, he did this, whatever. <laughs> it's a really bad ritual because you have you burn out after it, right? It's um, a really bad ritual. I mean, I don't sleep, I don't eat, I feel sick. Uh, yeah, I, uh, so I perform good. my best. <laughs> 
my best and, and it's like the angst is in me like do you know what I mean yeah. like I can't breathe yeah um and it, it's terrible but unfortunately that's how the last like probably 10 books were produced so, um, <laughs> one day I will have a breakdown but at the moment it's going well for me no, okay. <laughs> that's exactly my life <laughs> I love that okay fuck marry kill Lex Julian Noah <laughs> Um, Mary, Lex. Yes. Fuck Noah. Kill Julian. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> that was hard. <laughs> oh, I can imagine it would be. That's why we like to put it in there for funsies. <laughs> What's your most useless talent? Useless. Yeah. I don't even know what talents I have. <laughs> well, I, I don't know. I don't know what, you know, it's, it's, I don't have a, I don't feel like I have a talent. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, but what's my useless talent if I don't know? <laughs> I have no idea. You've stumped me. I I'll give you an example of um, someone else's answer. They were like, I draw. I can draw those little people on like the notepad when you flick it. They, they look like they're books. running. <laughs> so yeah, we're just talking about like random shit. You know what? Maybe I don't know if it's useless and it's not a, not even a talent. I can usually not lately. I can usually quote lyrics to most of the songs that I know. 100% completely useless and, and very um, talented. Yeah. My husband like we'll be in the car just like, you know like the radio come on I'm just I won't know the whole song but I'm pretty much singing to the majority of the song and he's like looking at me he wouldn't even remember one lyric of any song ever. So he looks mm. at me like, how did you know that? I'm like how did you not know that? And I know. Some stupid song from like the year 2001. I don't know. I yeah. love it. No, that's yeah. fantastic. Exactly what we were looking for. Except for lately on TikTok, I have to, like Lizzo, I have to Google lyrics because I'm like, what is she saying? Yes. <laughs> what the hell is that? Oh, yeah. yeah. 100%. What is your most used emoji? Uh, at the moment with TikTok, I will say it's the hot face with the, yes. the sweating, the panty uh, um, yeah, that would probably be my most. Yes, I love that one. <laughs> okay. If you were a potato, how would you want to be cooked? Oh, fried with salt. Oh, yes. <laughs> I'm so hungry right I'm now. I'm so hungry just thinking about that. <laughs> <laughs> that was random question, but... <laughs> We like to ask random questions. Yeah, I think we just find the most random one. Um, <clears throat> when we were chatting with Tate, Beck just randomly brought a question out. It wasn't even on our list. And she's like, what do you think of garden gnomes? <laughs> <laughs> and it was like, I didn't even tell Amanda I was going to ask. I was like. like <laughs> 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 but, yeah. Anyway, thank you so much for joining us. We really enjoyed talking about the Dark Love series and we can't wait to see the memoirs for all the characters. Mm. Um, so we will post all of Kat's links in the description as normal and we hope to chat to you again soon. Thank you for having me. Thank you. 